Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. If it wasn't for those people being nice to me and uh, nice to others and uh, extending grace and being just a Christian, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't know God. I wouldn't be a Christian. I wouldn't be living that selfish life that I was looking at. I, I don't regret any decision. And, you know, I'm known to meet him soon. So I, I'm glad I, I found God. Today's guest has a beautiful story of transformation. We're joined today by Sami Khalif. He is the media and public relations person for the Swift Current Refugee Committee. Now, the whole story about how he got involved with that committee is beautiful, and it's what eventually led him to God. Today in Connections, Sammy is going to share with us his life of going from Muslim to Christian and how that has changed his life moving forward. We're joined today by Sammy Khalif. He is the media and public relations person for the Swift Current Refugee Committee. You have an absolutely amazing story, and we want to start off from the beginning and from your childhood. Tell us a little bit about your life and where it started and eventually how you made your way from Lebanon to Canada. I'm glad you think my life is interesting enough to interview me. That's <laughs> an, an honor. Um, yeah, I grew, I grew up like a really regular childhood uh, from a family in Lebanon. We lived on the sea beach, so we did swimming and fishing and everything else. Um, and uh, I was raised w- with uh, a typical Muslim tra- tradition. Uh, so as much conservative as you want, uh, I I have, that was my ch- childhood. Um I mean, I, I prayed, I fast, and uh, but I I was always nosy, so I always wanted to know more. Uh, uh, or so, and I was kind of geek, kind of in, in high school. <laughs> so uh, in high school, I got a scholarship to learn English in Texas. Um, and, you know, uh, out of nowhere, I got the scholarship. It was supposed to be for a year. And yeah, I went to Texas, to so Dallas, UNT, and uh, I learned English for a year, then moved to Michigan. Um, and I studied business management at Wayne State University. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, after I graduated, I didn't want to go back to Lebanon and I didn't have a visa to, uh, to stay in the state and September 11 happened. So they were kicking everyone out. Mm. So I tried my best to get a job in Canada. So I got a job with one of the banks in Canada 
uh, and uh, uh, I moved to Windsor, Ontario, and then uh, um, to open a branch in Halifax. Um, I opened the branch there, and the bank decided to close their own um, uh, operation in Canada. And, uh, and that was like two years after I opened the branch. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, I don't need a, that desk job anymore. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt bad because I was loaning people money. So I'm, yeah. I'm like, you can't afford this, but I'm gonna let you take it. Like, <laughs> it, just, it was. It didn't feel good anyway, so I wasn't gonna count on on spending the rest of my life in it. But it was what was available at the time, and it was crucial for me to come to get my permanent residency in Canada and then my citizenship. So I um, I went to school for nursing after, so I was. Um, I worked. I wanted to work with people and help people, mm-hmm. and and I uh, I always was iffy about blood and you know blood body fluid and everything. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to go for a uh, you know uh, a work that I hated to another work I hate. But the first semester. It's just my life changed. I loved nursing so much. And I, if anyone listening, especially males nursing, they will find they will enjoy it very much. Um, so, yeah, I, I graduated. I, I, I used to live in a big city or I visit the big cities like Dallas, uh, uh, Toronto, New York, Halifax. So Swift Current was not in a picture. Mm. But me, I was, okay, I got the job. I, I got the, pass the test. I get registered. I'm like, mm, I'm going to search for something uh, you know, outside of my uh, uh, comfort zone. So I looked into the territories in Canada and, you know, to, in, uh, to the Northwest Territories, Yellow Knife. I wanted that experience and I was like, oh, it's too cold. I can't do it. There is no way I can do that. <laughs> so the next best thing came up in google search yeah i got a job based on on google (laughs) (laughs) was swift currents and i'm like oh it's like uh 20,000 people small i will hate it i i was sure i'm gonna hate it I'm like, I'm not going to sign more than a year contract. And I moved to Swift Current. I drove through, you know, uh, from Halifax to Swift Current. That was a very boring drive. Uh, 
Yes. <laughs> um, especially you're alone and especially after I'm not sure if you drove that way but after you get to northern Ontario there is nothing to see and I'm like I was hoping to see buildings and cities no none of it just fields <laughs> yeah just I'm like oh uh, where is I'm gonna when I'm gonna get it I no it felt for evers, ever. <laughs> I got to Swift Current, and Swift Current, I was in a very culture shock. Um, like, well, I didn't. I, I'm actually, I thought it was worse than it is because uh, w- when you think of twenty thousand people, you think they have nothing. Like, I didn't know if they have a mall. just so i was happy at first uh, because you know i found walmart imagine walmart (laughs) was a dream for me but i found everything and the people were very 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 nice and i went in the hospital start working and you know I'm like, I can't wait for my year to be over. I need to go back and help. (laughs) It's so weird. One time, one uh, one of my night shift shift co-workers told me that, oh, we're bringing a Syrian refugee family. Maybe if you're not busy, you can help help us just translating. I was oh, sure no problem, and yeah, that's in a nutshell. Without giving details, yeah. <laughs> uh, when I got this first yeah. So I want to backtrack quite a bit because yeah. one thing you mentioned really stood out, and you just went right past it. And going back to when you were in the states and nine eleven happened, yeah. What was that like for you? That must have been just a totally horrific well, experience on your end too because people are looking at specific people at that point when they shouldn't be. Um, what was that like for you to be in the States when that happened? I was understanding. You know, um, for me, I, I understood what pe- why people are mad at us. Why people, I mean... There is there people lost their husband and wife, daughters. I I I felt like you know um, I feel sorry for them. I felt sorry for them, and I I I would have not wish anything uh, even on my worst enemy. Of which I don't have one <laughs> to <laughs> to uh, happen. What happened? I was in Texas, but in Texas in UNT we have like a dorm building, and the the dorm building uh, very much everyone in it was Arab. So it was from the Middle East. It was either from Lebanon, Syria. Palestine, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, the whole Middle East, because we tend to group together from mm-hmm. each culture. 
especially in Texas. I mean, we, we don't we don't ride horses. We <laughs> ride camels. <laughs> but, but it's just it's a cowboy culture. Uh, we didn't play fo- uh, football. Uh, we call it in Lebanon soccer. Um, we have uh, um, soccer, not fo- the American football. We didn't know anything about it. So we we are so we want it to be in that building with our own culture. Well, let me not let me tell you that was the first uh, the first building that people get mad at throwing stones, eggs, mm. tomatoes, um, and I'm like, I gonna get out of here. So I I went to Michigan. Um, and because uh, uh, the mission there is a lot of Arabic community, and I was I started Wayne State as well university, so I kind of run uh, run away from that to the other uh, city, which is the Detroit and Dearman, um, and because if there is a lot of Arab community in it, it was like a high hit for immigration and FBI, anti-terrorism, you name it. Every agency it was involved, they were questioning anyone and everyone. And the the reason I left Lebanon to start was beside the scholarship, I didn't want to live in fear, and I felt that I'm living the fear. Sorry, my alarm. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't want it to live in fear, and uh, that's and my visa almost it's about to get it expired, and the way IRS and immigration and FBI was supporting people, I knew I will be the next on the list. <laughs> so you got to Canada as quick as you could. Exactly. When you arrived in Canada too, just what was that? You, you kind of gave us an idea, but what was that like? Even the, the change from the U.S. to Canada? Um, it's a little bit of another culture shock. But um, the the point the the point that was important to me when I get the the approval to come to Canada, I didn't have a a penny in my pocket. Mm-hmm. I had like twenty dollar in my gas account in my account. I put gas in it to cross the bridge. Um. I didn't get paid for like a w- three weeks or so because they hold the paychecks and there, and I couldn't run rent an apartment. So for me, that was the highlight of me being in Canada. I almost was kind of homeless. Uh, I would sleep in my car, sharp shower in the gym uh, so, <laughs> just for three weeks so 
Yeah, that's, that was really bad. Uh, but the people Canadian are known to be nice. A lot to be nice. And people just used to be um, culture diverse. Uh, and I felt that, you know, embracing our culture would be okay because everyone came from different culture mm. and everyone has something to add to our fabric for our community. What you learned later on too, uh, when you got involved in Swift Current with that Syrian family is you learned that Christians are willing to help Muslims. Tell us about that yeah. and what that experience was like. So in my mind, I was like, uh, they were just hitting us in with tomato and eggs in in the dorm in Texas. <laughs> now they're trying to help them, uh, help the people from Syria. Uh, I didn't. It was strictly at first just to fill up, fill my way to fill my time up. So I wanted to. Uh, just translate for them and i was i became like the the translator coordinator so i was on the committee itself and then i we we meet every week there is like 10 of us on the committee um i we start with a praying for the family uh, start preparing and you know see what their need is and stuff. The first chart for me is praying for some someone else. Mm-hmm. It's just and some someone you don't know, let alone being someone not from your religion, not from your culture or ethnicity. I was like, I I felt wrong. <laughs> I felt like uh, there's, there's a bunch of weird people in that committee. <laughs> <laughs> but the the minute I joined in, and I was, I I just saw love. Everything is about love, and I heard the word grace. And love a lot. And I looked, I remember, looked in the Arabic dictionary and for a translation for um, the word grace. I couldn't find it. There is forgiveness, but forgiveness, as we know now, is different from grace and I wondered why why they're they're just uh, helping them the the meeting after uh, we learned it's gonna be like a family of 13 and we need more finances and the finances from the com- from the community start worrying like 
like uh, coming in and it reached like a hundred something thousand water. I'm mm-hmm. like, those people are crazy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I have ten thousand dollars, I will go on vacation. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's my mentality, and the reason I'm saying that is that was the selfish life that I was living in. And that, I'm not proud of myself when I don't, um, or when I say, if I have a thousand dollars, I will spend it on myself or pay pay for my loan or something. I just wanted to say that it was all about my needs and then the needs of others. And that was my way. But you have transformed in, and, and you found God. That's yes. Amazing. Tell us about that. For uh, I was questioning what kind of God they're praying for that made them do those love, lovely things and extending grace to everyone. And I'm, I kind of. Uh, do my own research because in nursing we used to do a lot of that and we are uh, based on like evidence based solutions or stuff like so I, I, I wanted to see and touch things in order to believe it so I researched and asked Pastor Joel Hogan, which was the head of the uh, Schema uh, or the Swiftern Ministerial Association, shortened to Schema. Uh, Yeah, so it was the president, and I would ask him, text him, ask friends about religion, and I started going to church. And I mean, going to church for me, it was big. Like, I wanted I want to go to church and I, would, I didn't accept Christ. I, I went to church to learn about Christ. And then as I go and seeing the people helping the people, uh, the, <clears throat> The refugee, uh, they arrived. The community, just a Christian community, was huge, and it was um, the support just was unbelievable. And you know, some they moved in. Someone gave them a laptop. Someone brought them food, and it's just amazing. Uh, Studying and learning about Christ, Christ didn't come to the perfect. He came to the sinners. Um, He came to people who, uh, I I define them um, like un- unbeliever but they they were in sin he washed the the foot 
of people as he our beloved king he's he's washing the foot i, I mean the humbling i, I it just broke the a seed of light in my heart and i, I just want to say i'm talking with heavy english um not because i have an accent well i have an accent but um i had a stroke uh and i'll tell you about it later uh, and that affected my speech when you found god when you start to go to church when you're feeling all of this and you decide to you know take this on fully what did your family back home think of all of this um i i was talking to, to my friend and i saw in uh in at her house and then someone came to visit and i was scared to say or advertise or any or even say i'm a christian um but we someone came to her house and we were in a conversation and he asked me he said are you a christian and i'm i was so nervous i said no when he left my my friend told me those who denies god or denied the king of our life he might deny 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 them then i'm like oh my god <laughs> i'm going to lose the life and the end by <laughs> by just being quiet so at that point i was i was uh, insisted i wanted to be baptized i wanted to live like a christian uh, in the beginning you know i lived i lived it as a believer in my town i didn't need to let my family know hmm. but i mean uh videos of my baptism uh these time travel around with media and social media and uh, internet travels long distance so i thought okay maybe i'm going to i'm just going to tell them my immediate family like my sister and my brothers they told me don't say anything we will love you wherever when uh, but we will love you whatever your religion is but don't make it public because my uncles and aunts and uh you know they will be mad and then my baptism video showed up and the hateful the most hateful messages comes to my inbox the threats and i just became the most wanted uh-huh. <laughs> because it's for a muslim to kill a christian 
that was a Muslim, a converted Christian, he will be promised the heaven. Mm. So if we, I'm worse than a Christian in their eyes, because a Christian didn't know the truth according to them, and they lived that way. But me, I knew the truth, and I switched to Christianity. So that's why. And by the way, the religion, the Muslim religion, Allah is very broad. And uh, it's like if my brother-in-law, like my sister's husband, would know, he will be able to divorce her and take her children away and not letting her uh, seeing them just because I'm a Christian. Uh, as as a Christian, I I will not inherit inherit any of my Muslims' parents. So I lost my inheritance, um, and uh, I lost the the people I grew up with, the people that we went to, uh, you know, middle school or KG one or wherever with my cousins will not talk to me anymore. The only people talk to me conditionally is my sisters, really. And it was sad moments for me. I was sad for them. How can you have so much hate for someone that you know that he's He's a person you grew up with. You, they knew who I am. They knew I'm not a bad person. I just switched religion. Is that that important? And things became worse too. You mentioned you had a stroke that was yeah. in the midst of you having surgery for a condition you had. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't. Uh, before then. I was into public speaking and I became the media and the uh, public relation uh, speaker for the Scamma Association. So I was talking in public and I found myself getting invited to churches to speak of the uh, the the life that Christ gave me. Uh, I wanted to be the gospel of Christ, and that's mean. I wanted to speak of God and wanted to plant that seed in everyone to see God. And I was, because I lost everything, I was like, well, might as well. Take it to the top. <laughs> so I was uh, speaking in every occasion, uh, publicly, at the city meetings, in uh, concerts. That uh, I I was everywhere, and you just Google Sami Khalif uh, in Swift Currents. It would tell you like tons of, tons of things about me. 
So I, so that's why I was the target. Everyone, every Muslim was targeted, targeting me uh, in, in a way, in an unpresented way. But I got diagnosed with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. That's when your heart grow bigger than it's supposed to be. So I have a big heart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do in in all aspects. <laughs> <laughs> so it grew so much that it was too much for me. So what they did, they put something called an alvat. It's like a mechanical heart, uh, and it trans. It's a pump. They put it in your uh, left ventricle, and it trans off batteries, and it connects to the outside the body. So the pump is inside. The batteries is outside, and uh, yeah, I ran off lithium batteries now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, during that, during that uh, surgery, um, I got a stroke. It was a surgery-induced stroke, and I lost my speech. And the whole movement for my left side. And I was being fed by a a tubing, uh, 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 tubing feed. Um, um, I, I, yeah, uh, breathe, uh, breathing through a trach. Mm-hmm. I was a mess. I wasn't able to eat, breathe, move. Uh, and all the messages now I'm getting is, Oh, ha, you got what you deserve. God stri- strike you the best time because we were, you were speaking publicly about being Christian. You are like a, a disease in our seat. Uh, society that gonna spread the voice of the Lord of the Bible of the gospel. So I will start getting those messages, and I'm like getting mad just just because they think they won over me, and it's a proof to them that they're right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was mad. I was, you know what? I'm going to do everything I could to get over this. I I swear, I had a miracle. Mm-hmm. I gained my movement, my full movement in two months. The doctors told me, you're not able, you're not able to use your left side anymore. God. You know, I have plans. You have plans. But God has his own plans. And I, in six months with speech therapy and stuff, I gained my speech. 
speech. And guess what? I was back at it. Mm. <laughs> I was at the churches. I was getting invited to churches in different provinces. And I was speaking about the miracle that God performed on me because I, I was planning the, to speak about God. And who's laughing now? <laughs> yeah. What do you hope that people will take away from your story and people will learn? Um, I, as the doctor says, said, we, um, I'm not going to live for long. Uh, the machine itself, I'm supposed to be on it for two years. Uh, I am on it now past the third year. Never give up. That's the first thing. Always ask questions. Always try to learn. But the biggest thing I want people to know, be kind. Because kindness and that, that kindness that you uh do to the, to others as a Christian others would look at you that the Christian person is kind to us. Extend the grace that God gave you to everyone because you only can plant the seed. He will grow it. But you make sure you plant the seed. If it wasn't for those people being nice to me and uh, nice to others and uh, extending grace and being just a Christian, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't know God. I wouldn't be a Christian. I wouldn't be living that selfish life that I was living at. I, I don't regret any decision. And you know, I'm known to meet him soon. So I, I'm glad I, I found God. And it will be a relief for you. Because God carried all of our sin. And he died on the cross for us. So he, he took our sins for us. You don't need to sin anymore. You don't need to worry anymore. Just cast his worries on him and he will take care of you. And thank you so much. For people who want to learn more about your story and what you're doing now, how can they go about doing that? Um, my Facebook page is available. They know what I'm doing and and I usually um, do missions and speak in public places and churches uh, as much as I can. Uh, there is a page called Help a Heart, uh, and it was uh, created by the people that uh, wanted to help me with the, in the community, and it crazy like five years ago. And then... It became, uh, you know, everything I do is posted on there. So 
So everything about me will be on there. And uh, assuming um, my life isn't uh, that long, but it's all up to God, uh, it will broadcast my final moments, my celebration of life, my barriers and everything else as well. Wow. I love it. Thank you so much for making time for us. Thank you so much for contacting me and uh, thank you for the interview and I hope uh, people will you know just ask about the Christ and that's all it's going to take and people my my word to people extend grace love everyone that's some great advice thank you so much for joining us and for listening today don't forget to subscribe We'll talk to you again on Connections.